Um, I'm excited to let you know who our preacher is today. We are blessed to have uh, the Reverend Canon Lawrence McElrath, uh, who is a friend. Uh, he actually lives here on campus. He and his wife live down at the, the base of the hill. Um, but he is the Archbishop's chaplain and canon, and so we are blessed to have Lawrence preaching today. Lawrence, would you come on up, or I'll get out of your way. Hallelujah, sign the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, sign the glory. Revive us. Again. Father in heaven, we give you thanks. For this is the day that you have made, and we as your people rejoice and we're glad in it. Father, we rejoice and we're glad in you, for you're the joy of our salvation, the lifter of our head. And as David said, in whom else do we have in heaven but you? And so, Father, we ask that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. That you would give us the ability to process it in our minds and live it out in our lives. And more importantly, Lord, that you would give us hearts to obey. If you do this, we'd be ever careful to give you all the praise and the glory. For it's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I speak to you now in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is a joy to be with you all this morning. So many of you have prayed for me and for the Archbishop as we've traveled preaching and and I've been assisting him with his ministry. So many of you have looked after my good wife, Megan. She's there. Would you stand for, for me? Don't she look good, y'all? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> she looks good. Thank you guys so much. When she was sick, so many of you guys have brought over soup and looked in after her, invited her to dinner and all those things. And I just wanted to, to, uh, to say thank you. Uh, an old preacher told me uh, that if you want your wife to take you out for ice cream, you flirt with her in the middle of the service. Uh, and so I'm hopeful, <laughs> I'm hopeful that I'll get ice cream if I preach well uh, after, after the service. If you've got your Bibles, and I know you do, uh, go ahead and turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, uh, beginning at, uh, at the 11th verse. Luke chapter 11. Uh, beginning, beginning at the 11th verse. You know, when Megan and I were uh, going through seminary, uh, in the summer we, we had a, a CPE, I had a CPE, uh, clinical pastoral education, uh, and that's where I went to a hospital, uh, and for the summer I, I learned what it was to be a hospital chaplain. I was assigned various roles in various floors uh, through the ministry uh, to the hospital, uh, ICU, cancer, uh, various floors, um, but I was always surprised uh, at the ministry, the kind of ministry that took place there. You had all kinds of people, uh, but people in crisis often uh, are really, really devout. You never know how much you need God until you go through something and then you realize just how much you, you really need God. If you've ever needed God, surely you need Him, you need him right now. And so as a young, as a young deacon, I, I went to the hospital and I was, would pray for folk and, and I was really impacted because people were coming to the Lord and, and making professions of faith and all these things and they would go back and I would look at churches and, 
and look up churches and different things to send them to so they could be surrounded by a community of believers so that this faith that they have now received can grow and can be nurtured. And then like hospitals, we kind of see the same people coming through our door time and time again. And I'd follow up with them and I'd say, uh, uh, how's that church going? Or I'd follow up with the pastor and say, hey, I'm going to send someone your way. And how's that church going? And they say, you know, Father, I I didn't make it to church. And that was nice for one, one person, and then, then, I, then I'd ask again, and, and, or someone else, I'd go into the next room, and, and I'd say, well, how, how's that church doing? I, I, I've been praying for you that you're, you would grow in your faith, and you know, you know Father, I really, really haven't made it to church. And I thought, wow, so much, so much like me. How many times in my life does God do great and wonderful things? He heals me. He saved me. He delivers me from things over and over and over again. And yet I don't go to church. I don't give thanks as often as I should. I forget to pray. You see, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, my, my flesh, it, it, it leaks. And if I am not constantly reminded uh, 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 to, about who God is, if I don't do the daily office and those things, then I forget. And then the last time I read my Bible was the last time I preached. And in my role as the Archbishop's canon and chaplain, it's not too often. So if I'm not committed to reminding myself about who God is and what he has done in my life, I forget God. You see, that's the problem with the children of Israel. Over and over again, over and over again, God is reminding the children of Israel who he is. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, who delivered you, who did this, who did that. Why does he keep doing that? Because like me and like the children of Israel, I think we've got a problem. Too often we forget to give thanks to God for what he has done in our lives. Now, I I don't want to meddle in your life. I'm just sharing with you about about my life and and how I live it out. You've got your Bibles. Uh, We're going to start at verse, verse 11. Verse 11. And it reads, On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Now, right away, that should send off red flags in your mind. Why is Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, a teacher of of the law, a teacher in Israel, passing through Samaria on the way to Galilee? Samaria was filled with Samaritans. And Samaritans... Uh, If you were a good Jew, you knew to stay clear of Samaritans because they had loose theology, poor morals. They had intermarried and forgotten their identity as the people of God. And when they got conquered by the Babylonians and the Assyrians, they also forgot who they were. So a good Jew would never be anywhere near Samaria on the way to Galilee. Galilee, yes, Jews go there all the time, but, but he would never be passing along somewhere close to Samaria. They would walk all the way around uh, the city to get to the other side. That's how, that's how uh, much they avoided, they avoided the, the, the Samaria. In verse 12, as he entered the village, Jesus was met by ten lepers. Another, another red flag. Lepers don't meet with anybody. You, you've read your Bibles, I know, I, I know, you read this morning, you got up this morning and you read uh, Leviticus 13 and, 15, and 14 to get ready for the sermon, I know you did, right? 
Yeah. And you know that, that, you know that, that, that in Leviticus 13 and 14, it talks about what leprosy is and, and what, what the customs are. What the customs are. We know that leprosy is this disease. It, it can be uh, multiple diseases, but it's, it's, it's a disease at its core that, that uh, doesn't heal correctly. You've got an open sore, and it, and it doesn't heal correctly. And it, begins, uh, it can also begin to, to uh, be corrosive, kind of like gangrene, and destroy limbs and, and bodies. And so uh, lepers uh, were considered unclean. They were cast out from the village, and they, were often, they often formed their own communities of also unclean people. And so these lepers uh, were in a community, and they were taught to stay away from people, and just to make sure that people stayed away from them. They covered themselves in rags and covered up their face and their noses, and, and they would yell, and people got too close, they would yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. Let everyone know that they had leprosy, because leprosy was, was thought to be very, very contagious. And the only way for a leper to get cleansed was to go to a priest, not a doctor, a priest. You see, for them, they thought leprosy was a spiritual disease. And they didn't go to the physicians of the day or anything like that, but they, they went to the priest. Lepers also were very, very devout because they knew their situation. They had no social life. They had, they had the, what little community they had there was, was small. They didn't have much, and they all had to work together in order to make a living and a life for themselves. And they had an awareness about how much they needed God. If anyone knew how much they needed God, it was lepers. Because for them, in God was the only help. If God didn't help lepers get cleansed, they weren't going to be cleansed. So we've got these lepers, these ten lepers, who stood at a distance and they lifted up their voices in saying to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on, on us. They stood at a distance. Lepers were not to make contact with people. They stood at a distance and they cried out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. Ten lepers had no social life, had no inheritance, were exercised from their family, from their community. They weren't Jews. They, were, weren't, they weren't Sumerians. They were less than that. Ten of them go and Jesus, with a word, heals them. And they were cleansed. And so they, they did what, what good Jewish folk do. They went to the priest and, and went through the ritual rite that you guys read this morning in, in, in Leviticus 13 and 14. I know you did. Uh, they, they, they went to the priest and they showed themselves to the priest and they were, they were made clean. And then one of them, Scripture says, verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his, and he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus on his face and giving uh, to give Jesus thanks. One of them turned back to say thank you. I look at that and I, I said, am I the one? Am I the one that turns back and says thank you? Originally, I, I would love to say yes. I, I, I am that one. I am that devout Christian. I am the one who goes back and gives Jesus thanks, but so often, 
no, I'm not the one. So often I just go upon my day, and when Jesus does miraculous things, miracles day by day, Scripture says new mercies we see. Often, I often forget to tell him, to get, tell him thanks. But the person who turned back was a Samaritan. A Samaritan, a foreigner, one who is unclean, one who is less than. Now, a Samaritan hanging out with Jews, we just said, was a, was a bad thing. But in the community of lepers, uh, a Samaritan hanging out with Jews, well, that's all they had. They, 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 had, to stick, they had to stick together. So this is uh, uh, not only a leper, but he's the lowest leper of lepers. He is a double outcast. The only reason we're going to let you in here is because you can't go anywhere else. So you, you might as well be with us. But, 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 but even then, I wonder if he was exercised even from that community and, and on the fringes. And yet he's the one who, who turns back and says, thank you. The difference, the enmity between Jews and Samaritans, much like uh, the enmity between uh, maybe uh, Sunni and Shiite Muslims, much like maybe uh, they, they just didn't hang out together. Uh, and maybe you don't understand Sunni and Shiite Muslims, but I'll, I'll, I'll use another example. Maybe it's like Anglicans and those who are in the Episcopal Church. We just don't, we just don't hang, out, hang out together. Maybe it's, maybe it's like Republicans and, and Democrats. No good Republican, no good Democrat, no good ACNA person would ever be seen hanging out with someone from tech. Uh, it, it's kind of it's like that. However, however, Jesus, I'm just going to mess my sermon up here and see, Michael, if I... Uh, if I'm not invited back, uh, well, I, I went for broke. I, I'm going to tell you, and you don't tell the archbishop on me. Please don't. Uh, I need my job. I might not come back here, but I need, I need, my, I need my job. Um, I'm going to mess with your theology a little bit. Jesus is greater than the ACNA. Jesus is greater than the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. Jesus is the son of the living God. And as Christians, our identity first is not in a political party. Our identity is in the person of Jesus Christ. Heaven is not red, it is not blue. It is a community of people from every race, every tongue, every tribe who have been blood washed, whose, people, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And our identity is in Him first. Christians ought not to play identity politics. We are, we are too focused. We're too focused on the mission, on magnifying and lifting up the name and the person of Jesus Christ. This man is a Samaritan, and yet he is the one who comes back. The Samaritan has no priest to go and... He's not a Jew. He's, he's less than as he was going, where, I wonder where he was going to go. He, he, he's not a Jew. He, 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 he's not really allowed in, in the temple. And yet, it says that he turned back, it says that he turned back to give Jesus thanks. Because after he fell on his feet, uh, verse, verse 17, Jesus answered him, were not ten cleansed? 
where are the nine? Because was no one found to return to give praise to God except for this foreigner. What is it like to give praise to God? Are we willing to give praise to God? Verse 19. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now he was already healed. He was already he was already healed. Jesus he had already go and show yourself to the go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus healed him with a word. Go and show yourself to the priest so the ritual can be fulfilled, and you can go on about your life. And yet he comes back to give God thanks. The word thanks in the Greek it is eucharisto, eucharisteo. That word means thanksgiving. That word also, it sounds awful like the word Eucharist, right? Yes? It's because it's the same word. You see, the church of Jesus Christ should be people who are filled with thanksgiving. Not people who who see God act and work and forget God as if he has done nothing important in their lives. But the church of Jesus Christ is a community of people who are Eucharistic at their core. Not just celebrating at the table, but are thankful for what God has done in their life. You see, a Christian can't forget who God is. And the way that we do this and the way that we remind ourselves about who God is is that we constantly tell him thank you. We constantly tell him thank you. As I was studying for the text, it, uh, uh, some of the theologians argued that it was really his thanks, it was really his praise, uh, the foreigner's praise, the Samaritan's praise that, that healed him. They said that there's a correlation between thanksgiving uh, and optimism and, and being aware of, of, of God and the presence of the Lord in your life and thankful for everything and the way you feel. My granny would put it this way. She said, if, if, if God does something good for you every now and again, it's okay to let your feet tell him thank you. You see, for the Jewish people, praise is a verb. I know us Anglicans, when we say praise the Lord, we're we put our hands together, we might raise our hands, but, but for the Jewish people, praise was a verb. It was something that you did. And they didn't just have one word for praise. They had multiple words for praise. And the question was, isn't what you want me to do, it's how do you want me to do it? How do you want me to do it? Do you want me to Shabbat God? Do you want me to Halal God? They had all these different things where they would dance and raise their voice and spin around. That's the nature of a Christian. When we are thankful for what God has done in our lives, people ought to be able to tell. We ought to have joy. We shouldn't walk around like, like the lepers yelling unclean or, or, uh, or bitter, bitter or, or, or nasty, nasty, or unforgive, uh, unforgiveness, unforgiveness. We should yell praise 
to God. When people interact with us and they come into our presence, they should see someone who is thankful. They should see someone who is thankful. How often do we show our thanks to the Lord? Again, I told you, my, my, my flesh leaks. The reason I'm so committed to the daily office is not because I'm, I'm so devout. It's because if I don't, I will forget the works of the Lord. I will forget to read my Bible. I will forget to pray. I will forget. I will be too busy doing things in God's name that I forget who God is in my life. Scripture says this man, his, his, his faith has made him well. Another word for well is, uh, in the translation is his faith has saved him. His faith has saved him. Now, I, I won't take the privilege and, and the, the exegetical privilege to go and, and, and say what the text isn't saying. I am not saying that this person met Jesus and got saved. We don't, we don't, we, the text is, it just isn't, isn't, isn't clear about that. But there is, a, there is a, a, a correlation between thanksgiving, gratitude, and a relationship with the Lord. Thanksgiving, gratitude, and our relationship with the Lord. If we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it comes out in our hands and it gets into our feet and we live thankful, thankful lives. The church of Jesus Christ is a community of people who give thanks for everything. It's in our liturgy. It's in our, in our confession. Before we confess our sins, it says that we've come together at all times to, to give thanks, not only for the many benefits that we've received at God's hands, but for those things which we need for our life and for our salvation. We have it in our Eucharistic prayer. Pray this with me. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and joyful always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. We say it all the time. We are not only to say it, we're to live it out. We're reminded about it in our liturgy. Why? Because we are a people built on thanksgiving. We're thankful at our core. Why? Because if we were honest, and I know we've got our church clothes on, and, and I know don't, don't, don't look at anybody. I'm getting ready to say some things. Keep, look right at me. Look, look, focus, focus, okay? Don't you look at your wife. Don't, don't you do it. Don't do it. We, if we were honest, we all had spiritual leprosy at some point. We all had spiritual leprosy. We all needed God to cleanse us. We all needed Jesus, and we were calling out to him to cleanse us from various things. Some of us were walking around saying, unclean, unclean. Others were walking around saying bitter, bitter. Others were walking around saying fornicator or adulterer or whatever, whatever, it, whatever your issue was. The theologians say there is one, even the man, Christ Jesus, who is able to heal our soul's disease. You see, our, our biggest issue is not that we're not thankful for the stuff we have. Americans, we've got lots of stuff and we amass, the, we amass much 
biggest issue is that we are not thankful for what God has done in our lives, chiefly in the person of Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving, the Eucharist, is praise and thanksgiving to the Father for what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And if we are aware of just how far we were, just how helpless our situations were, then maybe we would be more thankful. You see, in America, we often think that if we just go to work and go along our day, that we can kind of heal ourselves. And we fall into the trap like the, like the, the folk in the hospital that I experienced. And we fall into this trap called moral therapeutic deism. Say that with me. Moral therapeutic deism. Now, that's a $50 word that I learned at seminary. And if you want someone to think you're smart, go ahead and say that. Just at a dinner party one time, just go ahead and throw it out there and see, see what your actions get. Moral therapeutic deism is God is there just to make me feel good. That God is there to make me feel good. And when I don't need him to make me feel good, I live my life as a practical atheist. So in tragedy, I'm real devout. In tragedy, I'm real devout, and I pray, and after God delivers me from that situation, I hardly ever use him again. Until I get into the next situation where I need God, I put him on a shelf, and he's my genie, and and when I need him to do something in my life, I I go to church, and I do all these things, and once he's done it, then, then it's good. Christians, saints of the living God, are not to be practical atheists. We know that there is a God beyond the skies. We know his name, Jesus Christ. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, God the Father in his mercy sent Jesus Christ. Not so that we could have more money, not so that we could have better jobs, not so that we can have more stuff and that God would deliver us from the people on our jobs and so that people would treat us nicely and they would like us. We didn't need a Savior for that. We needed a Savior because our souls were sick. As the old song would say, we were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard our despairing plea, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe. And my love lifted me. That is the work, that is the ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. That is what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. And we as Christians are to constantly remind ourselves day by day. We are to return to God by the place of prayer. We are to return to God at the altar. We are are to return to God and love our brothers, and love our sisters, and make sure relationships are well. Why? Because we're thankful. My granny used to say, I'm thankful that the Lord would let me see another day. I'm thankful for one more time. And I found out that it's hard to talk about people you're praying for. I found out that it's hard to, to, to talk about people you're praying for. I found that it's hard 
to, talk, to focus on the negative things in our lives when we're focusing and we're worshiping and we're praising and we're reminding ourselves about who God is. Because too often in our lives, our situation, our consciousness is bigger than our God consciousness. But Christians have reoriented themselves and reoriented their lives, and we don't look at the stuff of this world, we look heavenward. And our God consciousness as Christians ought to be bigger than our situational consciousness. I'm going to say that again. Our God consciousness ought to be bigger than our situational consciousness. What am I saying? I'm saying that we ought to be looking at God and be more aware of what God is doing and his activity in our lives. We need to become more thankful. That's who we are at our that's who we are in our DNA. God created us that way. To be thankful to him and to bless his name. And I wonder I wonder today if we really are thankful. If we really do mean what we say in the liturgy. That we really do dedicate our hearts, our lives, our and it's our reasonable service to worship the Lord and to give thanks to Him for the things that we have received. For who He is. Not for just what He's done, but for who He is. My question to you is, who is God to you? And your answer to that question determines how thankful you will be. It determines the direction you, 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 that your life will go. It determines everything about you. Who is God? And if he is God, why don't we worship him as such? Christ gave us the greatest gift by coming to earth and stretching out his arms on a cross and dying for us. So often, I, like the leper, forget to give him thanks. I forget that I am a part of a people whose mission is to give thanks to God for everything, in all things. We to rejoice in the Lord. We're to be so full of joy that when we go out of this place, we rejoice in the power of the Holy Spirit, but we go out into this place and we tell everyone that we know about what has happened here at this altar, what has happened in our hearts, what has happened in our lives, and from that we become evangelists in our communities. See, it's not, it's not Dean Michael's job, it's not my brother's up here, it's not clergy's job to evangelize the world. That's not our job. Our job is to equip the saints. The job of the believer, we are all evangelists. We all take part in Jesus, Jesus Christ's ministry of reconciliation. And it's our job, all of us, the church of Jesus Christ, combined together to go and to tell people who he is and what he has done in our lives. You don't have to wear a collar to be thankful. You can be at your job and you can tell someone, how thankful you are, but not just thankful in, 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 in praise and all of that, but the biggest way in which we show ourselves thankful is by the way we live our lives. The scripture says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples, that you have love 
one for another. Thanksgiving to God is not just praising Him and dancing and coming to church, but thanksgiving to God is obedience to Him. You see, that's what set the people of God apart. It's obedience to Him. Jesus says, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. So you see, worship and gratitude and thanksgiving live its way out, not, in, not just in joy and in thanksgiving, but it lives its life chiefly through our obedience to Jesus Christ. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus calls us to go. And as we're going, to be thankful and to tell the story to everyone who would listen. To be like this leopard and to fall down on our face in acknowledgement of what God has done in our lives and to get up and as we were going, tell everyone we know about who Jesus is. I pray that that is your portion. I pray that that is my portion. I believe that that is what Jesus Christ wants from us this morning. What he wants for us from the rest of for the rest of our lives. Thankful. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.